Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about some mistakes that I've made in the past. This is a series. I actually recorded one of these a few episodes back, and actually, I can look on my Trello board and tell you that it was episode 385. And as I came up with the idea for this particular uh, series, uh, first, it was just one episode. Hey, I should talk about some failures out there. And then I started listing out a couple failures. I came up with a few. And then over the course of a couple days or a couple weeks, I came up with a lot more. Some of them are mini failures. Some of them are just like little mistakes. Some are, are bigger. And I think it's important to talk about these on this show and others, there are, uh, it's kind of a bias towards uh, success stories, right? They're a little inspiring. The success stories are kind of there to show you that if someone else, some other random person can accomplish something, then maybe you can too. Maybe you identify with them somehow. For me, I heard success stories about other people in the sort of IT and technology industry, some other project managers that were successful earning money on the side. And then I thought, well, if they could do it, then I should probably be able to do it too. It only makes sense. They're not special in any specific way. They just gave it a shot. So anyway, the success stories are certainly valuable. It's really easy to gloss over the mistakes though. And that's why I thought this series would be important. In fact, I got some great feedback over on the YouTube side. So if you're listening to just the podcast, I actually am recording video on this. I'm going to publish it over on YouTube as well and decided to kind of dabble just a little bit where I do these solo non-interview episodes, publish them both on YouTube and on the podcast, just uh, in case there can be a little bit more crossover. Some people only watch YouTube and some people only do the podcast. And turns out, I mean, I have all the same equipment sitting right here. I just happen to be looking at the camera right now instead of staring at a piece of paper. Or honestly, I don't know what the fuck I look at most of the time if I'm just recording straight into a recorder or straight into GarageBand. Anyhow, the point is there was great feedback, especially on the YouTube side, because there is a little bit more interaction. So people were able to quickly leave a comment and interesting, right? Uh, the show didn't get as many views as a success story, but the comments were more interesting. The comments were uh, encouraging. They want to hear more things like this that provide sort of a balance and, you know, really illustrates the struggles of everyone. So even, you know, in air quotes, successful people like myself, which I actually gave a pretty solid caveat in the initial uh, episode where I talked about mistakes. But uh, the point being is success is defined differently by by different people. And I am not claiming that I am successful, but I did set out to uh, accomplish certain things. I accomplished many of them. So on some level, because I reached certain goals that I was aiming towards, I can say at least some pieces are successful. Uh, that said, I emphasize that, quote, successful people, they make mistakes. Maybe they make more mistakes because they're trying things that are outside of their comfort zone. So I am going to do my best not to repeat 
uh, mistakes that I've mentioned before. I do have a, I have my notebook here where I write out my notes by hand and I uh, went and, and listened back to most of the first episode. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to repeat anything. If I do, uh, please yell at me in the comments or shoot me an email feedback at doug.show so that I know that I made a mistake, but I am trying to keep track of it here. So I don't repeat mistakes. <laughs> I don't repeat the mistakes in this storytelling type uh, episode. So luckily, like I said, I have plenty to choose from. And as you know, the days go by and I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I could actually mention that one too. So if you like these type of episodes, or if you want to hear more about the mistakes, then you could, you know, zip back, check out that episode 385, which published, uh, I think on September 1st or so, and we'll potentially, you know, feature stories from the audience talking about their mistakes as well. So if you want to give a little pitch, you can shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. All right, before we get into it, quick shout out to Ezoic. So thanks for sponsoring these uh, podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff like that. I've been working with Ezoic for a few years. They're great. They have a product called Leap and it'll help your website load faster and get green in core web vitals. And Ezoic doesn't have any page view minimum, so you can go and sign up even if you have a, a pretty new site with not too much traffic and, you know, check it out. So there's a link in the show notes and description. And I appreciate it if you go check it out. They also have a great blog. So even if you have your monetization or you're already signed up with Ezoic, then you can check out their blog. There's tons of great information, uh, guest authors, and a pretty solid content team over at Ezoic in-house. So thanks a lot. And let's get into it. So a quick recap. I had some, uh, you know, basically some mistakes and some websites that didn't turn out so well uh, when I first started back in 2013. And I'm going to take these sort of chronologically for the most part. I think I'll end up skipping around by the end of this episode. But I, in 2014, I was sort of like on a, uh, I was on a, a down turn. I had a couple sites penalized. I didn't have like really good footing on what I was doing. And it was sort of a transitional time with content websites and the way that you could do offsite SEO, link building and otherwise to rank your site in Google. And you know things were shifting. Things were really shifting at that point. And I wanted to uh, test something out, which is actually pretty uh, popular these days, and that's to use an age domain. So back then, typically I was looking uh, mostly at expired domains, which there is uh, some nuance. Um, an expired domain could be an age domain, and, and I think they changed uh, they changed the 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 terms that we're using for marketing and branding reasons. So an expired domain maybe elicits ideas that um, it's not that good, it is neglected, but an aged premium domain is maybe a little better, right? They throw premium right in there. So aged premium domain sounds a little better than expired domain that someone let it uh, you know, just sit and rot. But the point being is uh, a lot in those days it was expired domains. So I snagged a couple expired domains and I was going to do this case study where I had not just 
one website that it was an expired domain, but I really wanted to test this. I wanted to have not just an N of one, I wanted to have some actual data and I wanted to see if I could start four websites, two different niches, and each of the niches had an expired domain and a, a fresh domain. And then I would hire writers to write comparable content for each of the sites. So again, two niches uh, and a, a control of a brand new domain and then use an expired domain. I didn't pay attention to the niche or the topical relevancy at all. Again, back in those days, things were a little bit different and conceivably, or at least I heard that you didn't even need to have uh, the same niche, right? Like you could just pick a random domain that had backlinks and then put content up and then Google would just assume that it changed uh, topic areas. So now in hindsight, it sounds kind of you know silly that that would work, but like I said, it was different way back in 2014. So I set out to run this case study for brand new sites. And at the time I was still working full time. It was actually a very productive time for me overall. I was drinking a fuckload of coffee, full caffeine, just a ton of coffee, was doing slow travel, just things were great you know, slow travel. And I actually remember working on these sites in Austin. We rented a house out there in Austin, Texas. It was in the springtime, so it wasn't too hot. And we were we were there for about a month. And I remember sitting in the, the kitchen, which was my makeshift office. So I was at the kitchen table and I was doing my full-time job. I was waking up early to work on these websites and blog over at Niche Site Project, just highly productive. I can't remember if I got promoted to a consulting manager in 2013 or 2014 or before that. I don't remember. I think it was probably 2013, but it could have been 2014. The point is, it was highly productive. I had a a team at work. I was building my uh, freelance team of writers to help me write content for these four websites. And I'm a project manager. I'm good at training. I'm good at creating job aids. I'm good at putting systems together and delivering projects, planning and delivering projects. So I was like, this is uh, pretty straightforward. So I started publishing content on those sites. Things were uh, going pretty good. Um, I was actually seeing some progress as far as uh, traffic. I think every each of the sites was starting to get a little bit of traffic. Now I don't remember any of the metrics or anything like that but I was making progress and people were interested, right? Like it would be a very clear, uh, a clear result if the two expired domains worked and then they got traffic sooner and earned money faster and all that. It would be very clear that that was a better path or if the new domains were uh, sort of neck and neck. So punchline here is because I was using the same tactics for link building as I did the previous year in 2013, which resulted in penalties, manual penalties, the same thing happened. So I worked on these websites for, I think it was like six months or so. I put a decent amount of time into it. I don't remember exactly how much I spent, but I think it was in the neighborhood of 
$10,000, which, you know, at the time was a pretty significant investment. And that was over the course of, you know, several months. So it wasn't like I all of a sudden wrote a check for 10K or something, but it was fairly significant. Uh, I don't remember what my, you know, side hustle income was at the time, you know, maybe thousand twenty five hundred bucks per month something like that but the the point is i put about 10k into it and around the fall of 2014 there was another set of manual penalties handed out and or just uh, a lot of rankings dropped and i think if i recall it was the result of either quote private blog networks or link networks that were de-indexed. So my my particular site wasn't necessarily de-indexed, but the links that was helping, the links that were helping the websites rank were uh, de-indexed. So those those were no those links didn't count anymore. And like I said, it just didn't it didn't work out. So all the effort, all the hours, the team that I built all the, everything just didn't work out. So uh, from a blink of an eye, you know, that's how those penalties worked. Uh, just all of a sudden traffic would drop. And I, I'm not, hopefully I didn't just contradict myself. I'm pretty sure I got a manual penalty on these four sites. So all of a sudden, all four <laughs> sites got the manual penalty. And it sucked. And then, you know, the thing is for a couple of years after that, I would, I would get emails as a result of starting the the project and people wanted to know what happened, like what were the results. And I think, you know, the way blog posts work, if someone didn't go and look through my, my blog and see what was published, they wouldn't see that. I, I said, Hey, you know, this whole thing uh, ended in flames and it didn't work out. So I don't know. I don't know if the expired domains work better or not blah, blah, blah. And I didn't worry about it. After that failed, I was just like, you know, I'm not going to restart this. I don't care that much about the intellectual pursuit of knowing if the expired domain worked better than a brand new domain or what. And I think, you know, nowadays we, we use uh, companies like Otis, another sponsor for the podcast, and they have sites they have premium age domains that are vetted. So they go through and they check. And you know now we know you want to have a domain that is topically relevant. So the links that are pointing to the age domain actually would make sense on your new website in the topic area. Maybe there can be you know a little bit of a departure, but you want it to be roughly the same topical area. So Google sees value in the existing links pointing to that age domain, which would you know then be on, on your domain or your, your new website. So very clear now, totally makes sense. But back then, I didn't know. Like I, I heard concepts and I was thinking, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to test it. And part of the value, right, of working in... Uh, well, actually, working and then making the mistakes is you learn something from it. And that's why I'm talking about this. So, I mean, I I learned that, well, it was good to, you know, start a case study. And, you know, side note, I knew I started trying to uh, figure out how I could 
be uh, featured on other people's blogs or maybe be on their podcast or something. And I think I emailed uh, Brian Dean of Backlinko, which I think is sold to SEMrush at this point. I emailed Brian and asked him about, you know, what it would take to be featured or something like that. And he said, if you have case study data or real life results from something that you did, that does the best. And actually, if you look at Backlinko, I'm not sure how much some of the blog has changed, but some of his early posts, I mean, it, it grew extremely fast, but some of Brian's early posts were kind of like what I'm talking about. It's like an N of one or maybe just a couple examples, but it would be a headline, something like, you know, organic traffic, three X in, you know, four weeks or something like that. And you look at the graph and it was a, you know, whatever, a three X increase in a short amount of time, but it was like 15 visitors to 45. It was like pretty inconsequential when you look at the sheer numbers. And the headline was good though, because three X in four weeks sounds really great. But if you're talking, you know, 15 to 45, like who gives a fuck, right? So, and I, you know, Brian did a great job um, in his techniques work. His uh, courses are great, like uh, props to Brian. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. But when when you peel it back, um, some of the headlines, I was like, this is pretty not that impressive, like not super interesting. But he was able to market it really well and reach out to a ton of people. It would get shared and retweeted and there was a lot of buzz about it. And the techniques worked, you know, when you, when you put it into a bigger situation, it worked really well. So I, I just backpedal a little bit there and make sure I didn't, uh, you know, offend Brian or, or anything like that. Not that he listens to the show. So I was thinking after talking to to Brian there that if I could get real case study data, that is what people are interested in because then you could show real results, not theoretical, hey, do this stuff and it should work out, but like, hey, we did this and here's what we got. And I, I caution everyone to, you know, remember most of the time, those are not, a, a, it's not a scientific process, whatever information you're getting, especially on podcasts and stuff. So it's, Typically an N of one could have been right timing. They could have got lucky. There's like a million different reasons. So just because, you know, someone did it once doesn't mean it's a repeatable process. It just means it's possible. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try it or you can't get value from it. But sometimes people hear like one person did this one thing and it worked. And then they, they think it will always work every single time. And that's just not the case. Okay, so that was one of those failures. Now, this is where I'll go out of order and tell you a more recent one because those are, those are kind of fun too. And it turns out you, uh, you don't stop making mistakes. You just make uh, potentially bigger ones and dumber ones. <laughs> Sometimes they're not dumber. Sometimes it's just that's the way things work out. All right, next one I'm going to talk about was really just from within the last year. So I think it was around the beginning of this year or so, and it was on niche site project, actually. So I I looked at a couple of 
sort of peers and competitors as far as the topic area that I cover on Niche Site Project. And I observed a very low competition set of keywords that was a very good match for the content and the topics that I do cover on Niche Site Project. And it looked like it was fairly straightforward to write. Very light research and just a simple exercise of putting together a blog post, publishing the content, um, maybe grabbing an image or two, just very straightforward. I think I, I was planning on testing, right? So I always want to test before I like dive you know, headfirst to the deep end of the pool. And in this case, it was still fairly expensive. I think I ended up spending about 2,500 bucks or so over the course of a couple months here. So I found these keywords. I found a couple examples of where other websites, like I said, some of my peers were publishing similar content. They were ranking, they were getting traffic. I could see it on Ahrefs. I could see that they were ranking. And I thought, hey, I'm going to go after it also. Just, you know, pure competition analysis, competition research, and then going after the same keywords where I potentially have higher authority and maybe even more topical relevancy than some of the competitors. I thought maybe this is a slam dunk. It turns out it wasn't. So none of those ranked at all. Like I got zero traffic to this whole other section of the website. I think I published yeah, like about 70 of those articles, hired a writer. They did a fine job. They followed directions exactly. And it just didn't work. I have no idea why. I thought if I was publishing on a consistent basis, Google would enjoy that, right? We're, we hear a lot of success stories. I talk to a lot of people where they're publishing informational content like this was, and they're publishing on a consistent basis and Google seems to be rewarding them. They, they, Google sees that there's new content published and this just didn't work out. So I don't know. Uh, the peers and competitors that I did the research uh, from and got the idea from, they didn't have very good content. They didn't have very long form content. It was extremely basic. I was hoping that the additional authority on my site was gonna help, but I also told the writer and person that was helping me out, I, I told them to make it a little bit better, write a little bit more, give a little more context. So instead of, you know, my competitors were writing, say, I'm just going to make up an example. They were writing 300 words. I told my writer to do 400. So nothing huge, like, it, you know, it was still valuable, but it provided more context. And like I said, it just didn't work out. And I didn't do much research on like why it didn't work out or like what my competitors were doing differently. I don't think I made any silly mistake or anything like that. It'd be funny if, if all those were like no index flagged or something like that. But as far as I know, I didn't make any dumb error like that. And it just didn't work out. In this case, you know, I think looking back, I was a little bit lazy in how I was implementing this. The smarter way, a uh, different way to take a, a stab at it would have been maybe I wrote, would write like the first few, 10 of them, something like that, write a, f a few of the articles myself to see how they react. 
hoping that I was putting a little more time. I'm more SEO aware than the writer that I hired. And, you know, maybe that was going to make a difference. Further, you know, once I published the content, potentially I could have, you know, at this point gone in, looked more closely, tried to figure out like what was going on. Did I, do I need to add more internal links? Is there something weird going on with the content? I don't know. The reality is I, because I was a little bit lazy with the full implementation, I thought I am just going to hire a writer, look straightforward. I'm going to like get them started on that. But the thing is, I was just half assing the whole thing. So I, I was looking at competitors. I wasn't coming up with an original idea. I was just trying to mimic something else that seemed to work with, you know, my direct competitors, not outside the niche where maybe I can find an interesting idea that my competitors are not doing yet. And I could bring an idea from an external topic area into niche sites. But anyway, I don't know. I think just the fact, like I said, that I half-assed the whole thing, it's not hugely surprising that it didn't quite work out how I hoped. You know, ideally, it would have brought in, you know, another few thousand visitors per month to the website. I wasn't looking for anything crazy. These are obscure long tail terms, but it just, you know, didn't bring in anything. And I even let them age a little bit. I haven't looked in a a little while, but I know I didn't see like a growth, uh, growth in the analytics here recently. So that is kind of a recent one. The other one is sadly also very recent. And then I'll jump back uh, to the past here. So if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, you may remember that I launched another YouTube channel. This was around January of 2022, I believe. Yeah, 90 percent sure it was 20 it could have been 2021 no no it was 2021 yeah everything like runs together now everything so 2021 i started a new youtube channel i think it was called like challenge doug as a placeholder that's kind of a dumb name but i was watching a lot of youtube channels that are in the area of like self-improvement Sometimes around fitness, sometimes around productivity and intellectual kind of pursuits, but generally they have some educational component, maybe a little vlogging in there. And typically they are, you know, either like a challenge or some sort of, you know, experiment. Like I'm in a, I'm in a journal every day for 30 days, or I'm going to walk 20,000 steps every day for a month. So that was kind of the idea. And like I said, I enjoy those channels and that's why I was inspired to do my own. At the time in 2021, I was doing a dry January and I was, I was, you know, kind of excited. I was going to put together a dry January video. And I even, I think there's like three or four videos of just updates about being dry in January of 2021, just weekly updates and how it was going. I actually put together the footage and or at least shot the footage to do a whole 
video on dry January 2021. Well, here we are in 2022, like two thirds of the way through or, or more by the time this, this comes out, three quarters of the way done. And I never put together the full video. I, I just quit. I didn't, it was a failure to start. So I just, I quit. I, I didn't do it. And it was okay. You know, the thing is like running two channels is like running two separate businesses. Like they're, they're completely independent. Topic areas were, were different. The new channel, I don't even think it has a hundred subscribers uh, right now. And I haven't published anything over there. It's still sitting there. I could always go back to it, of course. But it is, you know, simply just sitting there and a handful of people, you know, uh, people that uh, followed along with some of my other videos and content, they they were like, cool, I'll subscribe. I want to, you know, check this out. So I, I appreciate the people that did that. But turns out at the time, I was also thinking of starting another podcast. So I was, I was, apparently I had free time. <laughs> so I had free time and I was like, oh, how can I make myself more busy? Which is a stupid pursuit, right? You could always make yourself more busy. Uh, but I, I did have some free time and I was like, I, I am interested in creating some, something new, but I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. So it actually turned out okay. So quitting was fine. And I am okay with quitting and I encourage you to, you know, figure out the right things to quit. What are your priorities? What are you trying to get done? Sometimes you want to do too many things and you want to do them all at the same time, which is difficult. You can do just about any damn thing you want to do. You might have to wait and do them at different times. So like I said, I could always go back to the Challenge Doug channel if I want to. I could just put those videos on this normal YouTube channel, just the Doug Cunnington channel, which is probably you know what I would end up doing if I, if I do go back to that idea, just because it's simpler for me and I'm not necessarily looking to optimize the content, the content that I'm publishing, I, I'm just, I'm trying to not get burned out. And that is something that, you know, costs the channel, but it's stays true to what I'm trying to do and what I'm interested in. And it's not, it's not for YouTube <laughs> and it's not, it's not for the advertisers and it's, it's for me and you know, the audience and the people that find it interesting. So the thing that I ended up starting and ended up, you know, working out great is the Mile High Five podcast. So in January of 2021, I interviewed my friend Carl Jensen. I think it was the second interview by that point and we hit it off. He was trying to fill some time. He has an interest in podcasting and it all worked out. If you're a listener of this podcast, you know about the Mile High Five podcast. We talk about personal finance and financial independence, and it just worked out timing-wise. And as soon as Carl agreed, we started collaborating, uh, coming up with a few ideas here and there, and just got into it. So it's been awesome. It's been 
a lot for me. I've met a lot of new people. It's been, you know, fantastic from a community standpoint and just my own personal uh, set of friends. I was going to say my, my quote network, but really it's, it's, I've met more friends. Like I don't even view it as a network. So, and at the time that I'm recording this, it'll come out in the future, but I'm about to head to FinCon in Orlando. And, you know, there's a, there's a ton of talks and I may sit in on a few, but I don't really care about the the talks so much. Not that I can't stand to learn something. I'm going to probably go to a couple of them, but I'm less interested in uh, listening, <laughs> listening to people in an auditorium. And I'm more interested in seeing my friends that I met last year, seeing people that I met virtually through interviews and just, you know, there's going to be whatever thousands of other people that I don't know yet, but it'll be very cool. And I'm, I'm really excited about the community aspect, chatting with people, having some fun, but not so much like trying to like make business connections. So there's a, there's an app associated with the conference and there's some people who are like, yeah, I want to, I want to like, earn some money here. I want to make connections to like make business deals and blah, blah, blah. But I really, I just want to hang out. And I think, you know, it, part of it is because of the people that I'm around, they are kind of, they're veterans of the, the, uh, FinCon conference and the industry. So they are not as excited, uh, generally, and I'm probably putting words into some people's mouths, but they're not as excited to go and like sit and listen to a lecture unless it's like their own personal friend or something like that. And they're more interested in seeing their old friends, meeting some new ones, hanging out in a cool place. So it's kind of interesting. And like I said, I quit that other YouTube channel to bring it back around, started a podcast, which ended up being a, a richer opportunity in many different ways and more social. So the challenge Doug channel would have been, you know, me trying to vlog and and come up with some more ideas uh, more independently, potentially work with like an editor to put, put the content together, the actual videos. But at the end of the day, it was going to be a, a pretty individual pursuit where mile high fi, I have a, a partner and we're working on it together. And then it's, you know, 50% interviews or so. And, you know, working on mile high fi gives me a reason, an, an even bigger reason to go to places like FinCon or Camp Fi or anything like that. And I got to pause for a second just to cough. And let's wind it down. I'll tell you about one more failure, <laughs> failure area. And th- this is going back a little bit. So this is circa, I don't know, 2016, 2017, something like that. And I had a website at the time and it was doing pretty well. You know, I had pretty good amount of traffic. Uh, I don't remember, maybe... 150,000 visitors a month or something and and more page views on top of that. So it was, it was doing pretty good, doing pretty good for me. And I was hearing from my friends about all the traffic they were getting from Pinterest and I'm not a Pinterest enthusiast. I, (laughs) I, I still am not, but I was hearing all about it and I knew there were some courses out there. 
Well, I had a VA at the time who was helping me out on this site. She was into Pinterest. She actually used Pinterest all the time. So she was like a user. She understood it and she had used it for a couple of years. So she, she was in, she was perfect to, you know, work on the project with me on it. And in a similar way, you may see it, uh, a trend here. I wanted her to run with it. I bought a course, uh, a pretty good course. I don't remember which one it was, but it had, you know, it had good reviews. It was by people that I trust and they had uh, good referrals uh, as far as who would recommend their course. So, so anyway, it had, it had the right testimonials and I was like, all right, this is fine. And the truth is most courses, like they probably will work. If you, if you get started and, and get some momentum, like if you try, it will probably work. You may have to tweak it. You may have to pivot a little bit. And that is, you know, maybe the issue that I had. Okay. So I bought the course gave it to the VA, told her to go through it. As I mentioned, she was into Pinterest as a consumer and she was interested in learning about it and implementing and she was very enthusiastic. So anyway, she went through it, started doing stuff for the website. I made sure she had like the right um, tools and amount of time to work on it. And she was doing everything uh, like she was supposed to and we were getting more impressions and we were getting a little bit more traffic from Pinterest. And actually, going back to the point that I mentioned before, from a percentage standpoint, it looked pretty good, right? I, I could have uh, sent out emails and like, you know, 4,000% increase in Pinterest traffic, but the sheer numbers were not there. So it, it wasn't providing an ROI that was worthwhile for me. I was getting more traffic. I think maybe we topped out at, you know, whatever, 200 to 500 more visitors per day, something like that at the very best. I think those were unusual times. And, and most of the time it was maybe another 150 or 200 visitors. And if you looked at the graphs, like there was growth, there were more impressions, there was more traffic coming, but it wasn't enough to make it ROI positive. And that is, you know, how you need to look at these pieces of work, right? So, you know, currently, uh, right now in 2022, I have a writer going and improving certain content on one of my sites. And improving content is a good exercise to go through. But as I'm looking at the data at Ezoic Big Data Analytics, I see that some of the some of the content is just not bringing in enough money from an earnings per thousand visitor standpoint, EPMV. So I see the EPMV is very low on this content and it's been around for a while. It's getting traffic, but it's clear that that topic, even if I rank number one, which I, I think I do for a handful of these terms, if that page gets a lot of traffic, it's still not going to be worthwhile because the EPMV is just so low. It's not, there's no commercial intent. No one wants to advertise on it or very few people. So it's just not going to earn a lot of money. So I have to look at it is my VA's time and what I'm paying her, is it going to be ROI positive to work on certain pieces of content that have low earning potential? 
Probably not. So I have to look at the math and I could already tell that it won't be worthwhile. So I've, I've reassigned her to do work on different content that actually should provide a higher ROI. Now, I don't know if it's going to exactly work yet, but I'm going to give it a shot. I do know that whatever she was working on, the low EPMV content, it's not going to work out. So anyhow, back on the Pinterest stuff, it just didn't pull in the right amount of traffic uh, to make it ROI positive. It did work conceptually. Like I said, if you follow a course, as long as it's not complete garbage, you're probably going to be able to make it work out or at least learn something as you move along. I'm not sure what I could have done on the on this particular Pinterest case. Now, again, I mentioned I, I just outsourced it. So I bought the course, got someone else to work on it. I don't think I necessarily would have done a better job than what my VA did for Pinterest. Because she had a background using Pinterest, I, I think she probably did a pretty good job. The very odd thing that I can't quite figure out is the topic area in the website, it should have been perfect for Pinterest. I don't know why it didn't pop. It could have been the content, like maybe the content didn't connect well. And if, yeah, let's think about this. So maybe Pinterest was checking out the, the pins and they were trying to send traffic or they were trying to you know see how the Pinterest users were um, liking the content. And maybe they found that it didn't work out. I, I don't know Pinterest very well, clearly, but maybe that's it. Maybe the content wasn't a good fit for the Pinterest users or the Pinterest users that were seeing the pins pop up. A lot of alliterations here. Hopefully I'm not uh, blowing into the mic. I'm trying to face away. <laughs> P's are really tough when you, when you talk on a microphone. So fingers crossed. So that, that didn't work out. And as, as I mentioned, like I'm, I'm just going to think of more and more of these things where, hey, I tried something, it didn't work, and then uh, I quit. <laughs> I quit doing it. And, and the thing is, like if, if it was really important to me for the Pinterest traffic, for example, I maybe would have been more stubborn and like spent more time on it. The thing is, I never had much success with Pinterest or experimented with it before. So I I didn't know what I was missing exactly. I didn't care too much. And I mean, I actually knew people that were earning a lot of money from their Pinterest traffic. They had a great system and they were they were getting a flood of traffic. Just the, the majority of their traffic was from Pinterest and they were earning from display ads and it worked out great. Now, I know over the years, uh, Pinterest has uh, shifted their algorithm as many of the tech companies do and you know things change and in fact recently i feel like someone told me that pinterest is like trying to keep people on the platform i know i've griped about pinterest in the past where i mentioned if i see a pinterest result i don't even click on it because whenever i do whenever i have tried it it sends me to pinterest and i'm not going to log in or create an account and then when i try to get the information it's like buried in the board like i don't even understand like I'm a, becoming an old man, very old man, uh, beyond my years. In fact, just recently, very, very uh, odd 
turn of events, I, I purchased walking shoes. So shout out to Oboes. I'm actually wearing them right now. Oboes, are, they're out of Bozeman, Montana. And I, I never got any of their, their shoes. It's spelled um, O... Let's, let me make sure I'm spelling it right. O-B-O-Z. Oboes. I think I'm saying that right. Anyway, they're out of... They're out of Bozeman and I saw the shoes and I saw people wearing them when we were in Montana, but I didn't get any until recently. And it turns out they fit my feet great. But funny part is I, you know, went to the shoe store, the boot store here in Longmont and I was looking around and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get some, some hiking shoes. So I got some hiking shoes and I saw these other shoes, which I was like, ah, you know, they, they look pretty comfy. They look, you know, kind of kind of ugly. Uh, no, no offense, but you know, they're not going to win any design awards. I, I don't think I, I don't look cool in them. How about that? They look fine. It's, it's not the shoes fault. I think it's my fault. Anyway, I was looking at them and I, I asked the, <laughs> I asked the person working there, like, you know, what kind of shoes are these? Like these are, these other shoes are clearly hiking shoes. I can see that. So those are hiking shoes. These others, are they like uh, cross trainers or running shoes or something? Like what, what are these? And she looked at them. She's like, oh yeah, these are, these are walker shoes. So I want everyone to imagine the mall, like an indoor mall. And you see the senior citizens in their track suits, you know, doing laps in their walking shoes. Those are the kind of shoes I'm wearing right now. All right. I'm not proud of it, but I'm owning it. You know, they're pretty comfortable. I put them on. The thing is I put them on before I even asked. And I was like, oh, fuck, these, these shoes feel good. And I think I'm going to get them. And I felt a little disappointed when she told me they were walking shoes. But like I said, I'm just going to own it. I mean, I, I'm now the guy who uh, buys walking shoes instead of running shoes. And sad thing, I haven't mentioned this um, yet on a podcast. I may you know, bring it up another time. So perhaps you'll hear this story again. In the last week, I decided I am not going to try to run anymore. So longtime listeners will remember that I whine and complain about my Achilles. My left Achilles is quite swollen. And it has been for, sadly, something like three, four years or something like that. Like I've had like some issues and I would continue to run and then take it easy. And I would try foam rolling and icing and blah, blah, blah. And it would kind of get better, but it would always swell up. And the thing is uh, this past week, I hiked a few times, uh, some pretty, you know, nice, not super challenging, but you know, they're up 11,500 feet or so just, you know, some nice Alpine lakes and just getting out there and, and hiking in the mountains. And I touched my, you know, other Achilles, uh, my right Achilles, which is fine. It, and I felt how much smaller and not inflamed it was. And it's like half the size of my left Achilles. So what I decided was I really enjoy hiking and I get a similar workout. So again, you know, if you're up at 10,000 feet hiking around, hiking up a mountain, your lungs get going pretty good. It's pretty strenuous and it's a lot less of an impact on your body, your knees, your hips. You're just walking, uh, but it's the same kind of a workout, or at least I feel the same type of workout as if I were running. So because I've had so many issues with my Achilles and I have gone to a physical therapist and, you know, kind of got it back under control and then 
I go running again. And then within a few weeks, it's swollen and inflamed and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I decided, you know what? I like hiking. I'm not going to worry about running. I'm not going to run anymore. Uh, whenever I get my Achilles in good shape, I run again and then it fucks it up. So I decided I'm not going to worry about it. I'm, you know, maybe in a few years I will revisit it. I mean, I do like running that. That was like the hard part. I like running, especially like the, the middle sort of distance of, you know, maybe running 45 minutes to an hour and a half or so. I used to run half marathons. I've done maybe like 10 or 12 of them. Yeah. So I really enjoy that, but I am getting older. I got these walking shoes and I guess that is a bit of a failure too. I'm just like, you know what? Maybe right now running is not for me. So I'm just not going to worry about it. So a little bit of a failure. And my goal is to go back to physical therapy, get the Achilles completely normal for a long period of time. I have been doing, you know, the exercises that I am supposed to, maybe not all of them, but a good number of the exercises that I learned from the physical therapist. And basically it's just, you know, strengthening your calf and like working, working it out and using a foam roller and that sort of thing. So I'm going to try to get it under control. So hopefully someday in the future, if I want to, especially like on vacation or something like that. Maybe I want to go for a jog to see the neighborhood or something. That could be fun, but I'm not going to worry about it in the short term. I'm just going to worry about hiking and get a good workout there. Luckily, I, I tie that in as, as a failure since I'm going to quit running, but hey, otherwise I was just rambling on there for a long time. Okay, I think that's all for today. So quick recap, I did that case study with uh, four domains, two with uh, expired domains and two new domains, and then they got penalized. I wasted a lot of money and even more time. I started a YouTube channel that I then quit in less than a month. It's still there, but uh, basically I'm not planning on working on it. And if I did those types of videos, most likely I would just publish them on my, my normal Doug Cunnington YouTube channel. It's just easier. Uh, more recently, I also tried to publish low competition, very low search volume content on niche site project, and it just didn't rank. I was trying to mimic uh, some other sites, and for some reason it just didn't work. I have no idea why. And finally, Pinterest. So I tried out some Pinterest traffic techniques back in 2016, 2017. I don't know if Pinterest is as popular as a you know traffic source these days. And in fact, I'd be curious, shoot me an email if you are using Pinterest uh, effectively or maybe you used to and then things change so you're not worrying about it too much. But that didn't work out. And you know, in, in a lot of cases, in most of these, I started something and then it didn't work and then I stopped. So at the various points, right, I was at a at a decision a decision point where I had to figure out like, all right, do I want to try this again? Do I want to pers be persistent, try it again, try to figure out what I did wrong and do it again and do it a better way to be successful. In each of these cases, I didn't try again. I tried it one time and I was like, you know what? This didn't really work. 
So I'm not going to worry about it. And the reason why is I had enough other things to work on, enough other things that were working for me that I could spend time on. These typically were tests. These were little tests that I wanted to check out. I wanted to, you know, to see if I enjoyed the work and I also wanted to see if it worked. So if any of these worked really well, then maybe I would have stuck with it. One of the reasons I stuck with Amazon affiliate marketing is because that was the first thing that really worked for me. It took me a long time before I put display ads on my sites because they weren't paying as much as, you know, what I could get from the affiliate revenue. So I was like, I don't want to mess up the affiliate revenue by putting ads on, you know, it's a little bit different these days, but the point is I tried these things one time, didn't work. I wasn't persistent. And then I just stopped working on it. So one of the things that I talk about with success or when people are not successful, typically they try something once and then they, they don't keep trying. They don't try to figure out what they did wrong. They don't pivot. They just try it. And they're like, fuck, that didn't work. I'm just going to move on. So in, in all these cases, I just, I was like, eh, I'm not into it. I'm going to move, move on. So I think maybe you could think how that works for you a little bit. I mean, there's some, there's some areas where you're, you're going to quit and it's actually going to free up time to work on something else, which is a valid thing to do. So if, when you quit something, it means you could, you can focus harder on something else. And conversely, when you say, um, when you don't quit something, when you start something new, when you say yes to an opportunity or a project, it means you can't work on other stuff. There's an opportunity cost and, and, in everything. So you have to, you have to think about that. So it's not necessarily bad to quit, but you have to make sure that you're working on something that is better or a better opportunity or a better upside or something you enjoy more. And I think that is like the main takeaway here. If you are new to the show for uh, some reason, you found this one, I would love it. If you checked out others, subscribe to the channel, subscribe on your podcast player. If you're just watching on the YouTube side, I do have a podcast, uh, Doug show. You can find it on all the big players out there. And if you do listen to podcasts, I encourage you to check out the audio only version. There are some shows that only show up over there on the audio and I don't publish them on YouTube at all. So thanks a lot. And I will catch you on the next episode. Let's get the outro music going here. Yeah, there we go. All right. And we'll see you later.